Welcome back to Two Dudes Watch Cartoons, the podcast where two dudes that is us watch cartoons. My name is Evan. And my name is Alex. Thank you again for joining us on another great episode where, you know, me and Evan do some real hard work watching and talking about cartoons. Today we are talking about an anime classic, Spirited Away. Uh, Evan, I love this movie. I'm excited to talk about this. I don't think I've watched this since maybe middle school. Uh, This movie came out in 2001. Uh, That that was the Japanese release. And I believe the U.S. release was about a year afterward. And it did win an Academy, uh, a Best Animated Feature. Does that make it the second after Shrek? No, no, it was the first ever anime to win. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, I guess you're right. It would be right after Shrek because Shrek won the first one. I didn't even think about that. Wow, what a drastic uh, difference in quality. <laughs> right? Shrek and then Spirited Away. Did When you were younger, did you watch it on dubbed or subbed? I'm pretty sure I watched the dub. Uh, and this time around, I again did watch the dub just so I could multitask. I do generally prefer a subtitled Same. Uh, anime movie. Yeah, but I, I was lazy this time. That's how it feels to me. It's like the lazy version of watching it, but it did not detract. Some anime, the dubbed version is like really bad, but this one was fine mm-hmm. in my opinion. Obviously, I think subbed is better, but I also watched on dub. I don't know if I've ever actually watched the sub of this movie in particular. I think I've only seen the dub because mm-hmm. the voices sounded so familiar when I rewatched it. I'm like you. I hadn't seen it in a long time, and it was so fun to look at with an older, fresh perspective. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's part of what's great about what you and I do is we revisit some cartoons that we watched when we were children and see if they still have the charm or not. And this definitely, this, uh, this passed the test. Yeah. I was skimming through the Wikipedia page and, um, uh, the director, yeah, writer, director, studio head, the master, yeah, Miyazaki said that, uh, it is, Somewhat based on his own childhood vacationing at, at a, like a, in this mountain cabin uh, with other families. Yeah. So the main character is Chihiro moving to a new home. Do you know who voices Chihiro? I do not. I'm, I'm genuinely asking if you know. That's all right. No, I got the whole voice cast pulled up. Uh, the Japanese voice actor is Rumi Hiragi uh, in English, voiced by Davy Chase. Um, does a really great job. One one uh, voice that I did recognize among the dub was uh, Haku in the English dub. Yeah, that's what I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> it's voiced by Jason Marsden, who, again, not a uh, huge name, but we have heard his name come up before on the podcast, uh, voicing Snapper Carr in Justice League and Max Goofy of the Goofy movies. <laughs> it's Max Goofy, and it threw me it threw me for such a loop because I was watching it and I was like, how do I know this voice? I like to try to figure it out on my own before mm-hmm. I turn to the internet. And this was yeah. when I had to turn to the internet and I was like, it's Max from the Goofy movies. How did I not catch the <laughs> obvious similarities? It starts out with uh, Chihiro 
we start the movie with her in the back of her parents' car and she's reading this handwritten note from her friends that sent her going away flowers and she's really bummed about moving. And so right away, it really sets the mood. Yeah. Did you ever move in your childhood? I didn't um, move far, but I moved school districts. And that was kind of hard, like making friends and then having to remake friends. So I I always feel for kids who move. It's like a life Mm -hmm. changing. You're like, this is the end of my world. What's going on? Because you're in such a small bubble at that age that that's literally all you know. (laughs) Yeah. And you, it's a total uprooting. And it seems like your whole world is crashing around you. Uh, I, I moved like maybe 10 minutes down the road. It was a different school district. And I had friends. I probably had more <laughs> friends in the new school district, but it still felt like it's very disorienting. It was like a plus, but you're still <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah. I love when they're driving because he thinks he knows like a shortcut to their house instead of like turning around and going back. And he literally like mm-hmm. goes off the road and it'll be like off into a trail. And this is like your first sign like, oh, this is not going to be like we're off. It's a metaphor. We're literally off the beaten trail. So yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that. But then it's like an old Japanese carnival yes. that when the economy tanked in, I believe, 1990 in Japan, a lot of these like excess carnival type things went to the wayside. And so it's just abandoned. Mm-hmm. But this old amusement park is what sends them into the spirit world, if you will. It's what what, it takes them them spirited away. (laughs) I love that term because it's not actually like a real term. It's like swept away is the original term, but this is like a nice spin on it. This movie's like very tight and crisp in its metaphors and like themes. And I'm Mm -hmm. all about that. It's, it is not lost on me that like every shot is like purposeful means something and is like very um, having a, a more important meaning than it usually than surface level. Yeah. The title definitely establishes that sense of adventure of just being whisked away into this. I mean, granted spirits are nothing new in a Hayao Miyazaki film, uh, but it's not, it's not like a, it's never a spooky thing. It's, it really is about uh, being swept away into this new world that you're unfamiliar with. Yeah, yeah. And that's the adventure Chihiro goes on. Uh, I'm I'm looking through the voice cast. Uh, just some quick shout outs to some names that I recognize. Is the baby Phil and Lil from the Pickles? Not from the um, Pickles, from the Rugrats. I don't know who voices those, but I do know this voice actor uh, who plays the baby. Her name is Tara Strong, who most recently voices Miss Minutes. From Loki, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my God, that's right. Yes, yes. Great catch. She's like a very famous voice actress. That's cool. I'm mad I didn't catch that it was her, but yes, it is. It that is a famous voice, and she's Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes. Uh, if you haven't been watching Loki, you should. It's a great show. So Tara Strong is a name I recognize. Miss Minutes. Uh, Chihiro's father, voiced by in the in the dub at least, voiced by Michael Chiklis. <laughs> I think he was on like a, a cop show, The Shield. No way. Uh, uh, what? The Thing in the Fantastic Four movies. Am I thinking? Michael Chiklis. Yeah, that's what I always think of him. He's the <laughs> Thing from the Fantastic Four. <laughs> he was in a season of American Horror Story. <laughs> uh, I think he was on the Fox show Gotham. I, some Ren roles. Yeah. <laughs> 
So they get to this ghost town. And they get to, yeah, they get to the food. Uh, there's like a huge line of food that is just randomly there and it's piping hot. Now, I, I don't mean to throw any shade, Evan, but if this was you, you 100% would be eating that food. There's no question in my mind. You would be <laughs> mowing yeah, down for sure. And you'd unfortunately turn into a pig. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is the first. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to take a dig at you, <laughs> but no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but they, <laughs> the parents get, this is like our first big metaphor. This is like such a blatant metaphor for like overconsumption and like, turning into a pig like a little Mm -hmm. piggy or like a capitalist pig is i think the more common term uh that people Mm -hmm. would relate this to and it's funny because when their parents are just mowing down on this food i think it's supposed to like gross you out but it always makes me hungry i watch it and i'm like oh my god i'm so hungry now this this food looks so good (laughs) which is probably not the right reaction no no no. i so the read i get on that scene i really love this scene because I f- I can relate to Chihiro in that situation when you're you're out in public and your parents are doing something that makes it so uncomfortable. Like say Ooh. you're like at a restaurant and they yeah. they make a big stink. <laughs> they want to send food back. They want to ask for the manager, and you're just like, I want to disappear. Like this is so uncomfortable. That is so relatable. Please stop being <laughs> embarrassing. That was my read on the scene, and, and and you really do get that. It's always at restaurants with parents too. <laughs> it's always, <laughs> yeah, definitely the themes of of overconsumption. Without, I mean, this is the first time I've seen it in forever, and I just watched this last night. And without doing like a deep dive into you know online theories and and essays and whatnot, but I feel like. Uh, it is kind of this contemplation on uh, overconsumption, gluttony, greed. Yeah, those are words I wrote down in my notes too, just consistently throughout the whole film. Yeah, um, maybe like the the innocence of of youth and c- kind of the purity of youth that hasn't been uh, swayed by consumerism. Yes, yes, yes. You're 100% right. Like Chihiro's innocence and willingness to help strangers is what gets her out of all the situations. Like we're going to be very jumping around this podcast, which is okay. But so she's the only one that takes none of the gold from no face and is like only and is actually concerned. And she's like, he's him being in the bathhouse is making him crazy. He just needs to leave. And same with the stink spirit. Mm-hmm. Instead, everyone's like so grossed out by it. They're like, no, no, we're not open. Don't come here. No business. But she takes care of the stink spirit and gives him the best herbal water and like actually finds out what's wrong with him. And so mm-hmm. you're a hundred percent right. It's like everyone else is so focused on money, work, profits. And whereas like Chihiro's young, innocent mind is like more focused on actually helping others. Oh, it's great. It's it's a strong metaphor throughout the whole, mm-hmm. whole the whole time watching. Yeah. And so that sets up the the central, I guess, conflict is her parents become enchanted. They eat too much food. They turn into literal pigs as they're pigging out. I love it. And 
Chihiro gets trapped in this spirit world. And so now she's just stuck here and she has to learn how to survive. And she gets a helping hand from Max Goofy, who plays Haku, <laughs> uh, who is another, he, he has a human form. Yeah, sorry. It was funny. <laughs> he has a human form, uh, but he is a, he's a spirit as well. Um, he tries to help her escape the spirit world before night falls, but she doesn't make it out in time. And now she has to get a job at stop. Which, I mean, Wait. it's, it's not even a metaphor at this point. It's just, that's what I was going to say is it's not even a metaphor. He says, you need to get a job to survive. And it's like, <laughs> damn, as a kid, that line meant nothing to me. That line literally made zero sense or like probably didn't even stick in my brain. But as an adult, it's like a little dagger to your stomach. You're just like, Oh, that hurts. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that really hurts. <laughs> I probably, as a kid, was like, "What?" So this movie is just about her going to work, but now I'm like, Damn, this movie is about how capitalism really ruins your innocence. Yeah, and yeah. but it's <laughs> it's funny how we've already hit on like several major themes throughout the movie, and we're only we only got a little bit ways into talking like the plot through sequentially. It's like this whole movie is entrenched mm-hmm. in like the innocence of like childhood bliss and like spirituality. I'm not like a very religious person, but the strong sense of spirituality and like finding importance in um, things that aren't materialistic, loved it. It it was right up my alley. These are things I preach uh, Mm -hmm. every day. And it's funny that I watched this as a kid, these themes probably rubbed off on me in like a subconscious kind of way. And now when I watch it, it's like, it's kind of full circle. Um, yeah. I mean, we've only, this is probably the first five, to 10 minutes of the movie. This is the inciting incident. So Haku tells her to go get a job and she's kind of go through the boiler room where uh, it's like you said, the metaphor is just gone. Everyone there is Focus on their job. Even the little, what do you call those little things? I love those little black dust bunnies that carry the coal into the boiler and just throw it in. Yeah. Those guys are great. And I guess mm-hmm. we could talk about just the fantasy element of the spirit world up until this point. Like, there's a lot of creepy ish spirits wandering around the spirit world, but they seem innocent at the same time, if that makes any sort of sense. Like, I'm not scared they're going to harm me. They just kind of look kind of creepy. And uh, this is all before we get into the bathhouse where Mm -hmm. Haku is going to get Chihiro a job. Uh, Nothing like some child labor, but Yubaba, the the bathhouse lady, she she doesn't care, child (laughs) or not. She'll hire you as long as you can get her some money. I feel like the the overarching story, as I was watching it uh, this time around, it didn't feel to me so much like a traditional narrative arc that maybe we're used to in Western storytelling, where there's like a very clear beginning, middle and end. It almost felt to me mm. like reading a book in that yeah. there aren't these huge, huge moments, but there's like this gradual progression of how this character makes her way in the world and almost like there's different chapters in it. And so I guess there is some sort of linear progression, but it's not like a huge crescendo to this great big climax. It's just this gradual, not even a slow crawl because it 
moves pretty briskly, like a lot of shit happens. But I don't know. I just really appreciate that pace of storytelling. So I have a great example of what you're getting at. And I got this from a YouTube video, so I don't want to take full credit for this. But so you think about the night Chihiro arrives in the spirit world. Haku is rushing her to get her on the boat before sundown and misses it. And so he's got to take her through all these obstacles, go past the bridge, down the stairway, through this alley, whatever it is, to get her into the boiler room. And then through the boiler room, she goes through a little thing. And there's a scene the next day where after she has the job, she is awoken by Haku whispering to her saying in his great Max Goofy voice, meet me at the bridge. And in most movies, they would just cut to the two of them meeting at the bridge. But instead they have Chihiro do all the steps in reverse that we saw her go through the night before where she was in more of a rush. And it really gives you a sense of space a sense of time, a sense of like, it's good world building and the animation, like there's not much dialogue in this whole scene and it's pretty long, but it's visually very nice. And like I said, it it gives you a sense of time and space, which most movies do not do. And you feel like, you know, this bathhouse a little better. Yeah. There are no big, maybe the, the term would be set pieces in this movie but you really do feel like you settle into the world of this spirit bathhouse. Like you said, there there's a sense of space. Yeah. I mean, this film is really great. Another thing that is just so symbolic, it's like hitting us over the head that it's such a metaphor is when, well, so I guess we can talk about, she gets the job from Yubaba who runs the spirit, uh, the spirit bathhouse. And Yubaba is like, a large elderly lady Mm -hmm. and she's super magical. She's got a ton of powers. We see right out of the gate and she really reminds me of the witches in, um, over the garden wall. I was going to say anti whispers. Yeah. Anti whispers. That's her name. Yes. I'm sure over the garden wall probably got that inspired from that, but Yubaba is only focused on the job, and she doesn't think that Chihiro can get the job done. She's just a human child. Like, get out of here. But uh, she literally just keeps saying, I need you to give me a job. I need you to give me a job, which is like, God damn it. That's what my parents always tell me to do when I'm applying for jobs. It's like, you just can't take no for an answer. And it's like, damn, it actually worked for her. But back to my original point, Yubaba at this point makes her sign a contract and she takes some of the characters from her name and says, your new name is Sen. And I didn't know this till after watching the movie, but Sen means a thousand. And so it literally takes her identity and just reduces her to a number, which is like really dark for this spirit bathhouse. Like Yubaba is total capitalistic slave running this bathhouse. Mm -hmm. And we see it right out of the gate, like taking someone's name. And we get a nice reminder from Haku, who's like, don't forget your real name. That's when it's all over. And I just love that metaphor. Like, remember your name. Remember who you are. Remember that childish, inspirational, uh, those feelings and emotions you had as a child, the urge to help others. Don't forget the core of who you are. Don't forget your name. I was just having that realization as we were talking. It's like smacking us over the head with, 
don't lose yourself. Yeah. In your fucking job. Like you have an identity. Don't lose yourself in your work. You are more than that. Yes. Man, this is like, this is all dawning on me and also simultaneously like depressing. (laughs) Oh man. I know it's, it can be depressing. It's, but what this is, is not to get super historical, but I did a lot of reading about this today. After world war two, Japan turned to a very capitalistic economy and they really strayed from their spiritualistic ways and ancestors before them. And this film was an ode to like, don't forget your roots. Like you can find spirituality in all sorts of things. Capital, like, like you said, do not lose yourself in your job. We see that in all the workers, no face produces an endless amount of gold and every single worker in the building diverts all attention to him because that's, they're, that's all they know. That's their self-worth. They have lost their name to you, Baba, and all they do is work there now. They work there to exist, and they exist to work there. Man. Not to depress everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but it is inspiring in, in a way. Hayao Miyazaki also always has these very... It should be. It's poignant, supposed to be inspiring. Yeah. It, it, he always has a very poignant commentary, a very applicable commentary, disguised in very approachable kids films essentially uh i I did want to go back to the auntie whispers thing because i feel like auntie whispers a lot of over the garden wall maybe and i don't know this for a fact but i'm guessing story narratively i feel like might draw some inspiration just the the visual variety of people we meet in this other world is so i i don't know they're both stories where normal everyday children get plucked out of regular life and they get whisked away into this fantasy crazy spirit world where we're it's dripped in metaphor and uh you know themes just for us to gush and discuss for hours mm-hmm. and hours like i said everything in this film has such a purpose and it, it's really masterfully done. I, I think I say this about a lot of things, but just when I was watching this, I was like really in awe that this was something I watched as a, a kid and I liked it and, and appreciated, but I didn't understand just like how next level awesome and, and, and great that this film really is. Yeah. And not to, to rag on, computer animation because i think the things that are especially possible now are astounding and there is the possibility to be artistic and profoundly beautiful but i i don't know i feel like there is something lost from when animation 2d animation was in its heyday from a studio perspective i might understand that it, maybe it's more labor t- intensive and more expensive but just the depth of expression that is possible in those two dimensions i don't think we've seen a studio that can is capable of doing something like that in in 3d yet and i hope maybe we get there yeah and i think it's the same way people miss you know handwriting a letter versus mm-hmm. sending an email there's just something about the the pen to paper that 
really is just uh, maybe it's romanticized. It's uh, I don't know. There's something that's really great about it. And to know that every scene, what I love in an animation, and sometimes this is probably an anime that is taken from manga, but you'll get a lot of like very static scenes where only people's mouths are moving. If you notice, that's never the case with this film. There is always some sort of movement going on, whether it's a gentle breeze. It's one of the things I loved about Avatar is Avatar was the exact same way. And this, I, I noticed it throughout the whole film is there's rarely, rarely just a static scene, whether it's lights and shadows changing, wind and people's hair. It's it's just really phenomenally done in that way. And it's it cuts no corners. It's not lazy. And I think when you put that sort of care and time into something, us as the viewer, we can feel it and we appreciate it. And it doesn't, it's not always discussed like you and I are doing, but it's something you just feel in the movie. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's heart and soul. I saw a YouTube comment today that said, Disney touches the heart. Uh, Studio Ghibli touches the soul. And I was Ooh. like, yes, I feel that. I feel that very deeply. Shout out to that YouTube commenter. I don't know who you are. I'm sorry I can't give you proper credit. <laughs> um, the the boiler room scene. Not to go back too much. I don't want we don't have to dwell on it. But no, you're good. The other uh, vibe I got from that was like just the amount of motion with the little dust bunnies and the charcoal and uh, Kamaji running and his eight arms. The, yeah, it reminded me of um, Disney's Fantasia. The 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 wizard Ooh. scene with yeah yeah with the brooms i don't know there is something just so in, awe-inspiring knowing every single mm-hmm. frame every single motion and the in-betweens of the motion are hand-drawn every backdrop yeah. is painted uh and you're just watching these paintings these beautiful yes. beautiful paintings move whereas you know maybe there's a little more of elements of programming something to move in a, in a computer animated movie. This movie will make you miss this style of animation. Yeah. I am curious because I think Ghibli's latest movie is a computer animated one. So I would be curious to see what that looks like and how, if the skills translate, I'm sure the storytelling will. But yeah. If it holds up. So I mean, she gets a job in the boiler room. She just goes to work. And then that's that's the middle portion no, of this no, movie. No, no, no. Yeah, she's not in the boiler room. No, no, no. She's okay, sorry. In the bathhouse. Yeah, in the bathhouse. She's a cleaner. And I think something that's great is that there's still, like, adults here in this world. And, oh, one thing in my notes. Actually, I'm just reading this, and it's really funny. And I'm pretty sure one of the lines was, if you don't have a job, you get turned into an animal. And it's very much just like, yeah, in our society, if you don't have a job, you're either like a pet or a child. (laughs) (laughs) She has this adult mentor, though. I'm blanking on her name at the moment. But she tells Chihiro. I think it's Lynn. um, Yes, yes. Lynn tells Chihiro not to trust Haku because he is Yubaba's henchman. And something I love is that Chihiro never is in doubt of Haku. She just trusts her gut. Like, no, I know that he's here to actually help me. 
Like I, I, I'm not going to trust what Lynn or Yubaba say. And there's something I love about that. Just that sort of a child's sort of intuition, innocence hasn't been, you know, uh, scraped down like the rest of us have. It's, it's so pure and it, it pays off that she trusts Haku, even though multiple people tell her not to. Mm-hmm. If we want to continue to graft this capitalism metaphor over the whole movie, it, it could be a commentary on how the ruling class pits the working classes against each other to, to distract from the actual problem, which is the whole system itself, the structures of power. It's very much appropriate in today's day and age when we have billionaires taking joyrides in space. You know, that's Yubaba at the top living a lavish, fancy life, whereas Chihiro in Lin's quarters is like 20 women sleeping in one tiny mm-hmm. room. So there's all sorts of these metaphors of the working class, capitalism, the wealth gap. And, you know, this movie was in 2001. This is 20 years ago. And like I said, it's still, the themes are very prevalent in today's day and age. We haven't learned a thing. Yeah, we haven't learned a thing, but that's like key for a movie that's going to like withstand the test of time. Like this is a movie, I I think I said this last time, if you have kids, you should show this movie to them. It's family friendly. It's visually stunning. The story's great. And the the themes are strong and pure hearted. Mm -hmm. Um, So while she's working in the bathhouse, I'm uh, I, I feel like the big thing that happens in, that, in the bathhouse is the stink spirit that comes. No, the stink spirit's the m- big muddy one that like muds in and no one wants to work with the stink spirit. But since Chihiro is like the new girl, she's got to take care of that customer. And like I said before, she really takes care of the stink spirit when no one else really wanted to give it the time of day. Mm-hmm. And that was when she's cleaning it and getting all the water. And she realized that there's like a bike handle sticking out of it. And she yanks this bike and all this gunk out. And you come to find out that it's a river spirit. And it took me many, many years to realize that's like a metaphor for literal pollution in a river, clouding it and keeping it from its full potential. And Chihiro just took the time to clean her, her the river and look at all the good that it did. Oh, it's like really touching and a very crisp metaphor. Mm-hmm. Miyazaki always has a, some environmentalist message as a through line in his movies, which I really appreciate. I'm trying to remember what happens. Like, where does Yubaba's sister come in? And, and like, <laughs> what all leads up to that? So that's after, yeah, that's after Haku like comes back as a dragon when all those paper spirits are following him. So, um, I think the next thing to talk about would be the no face. The no face is a black spirit with just like a mask on it. And it comes in and is able to create gold and just starts eating the shit out of everything they got. Cause it can pay for it and it just gets fatter and fatter. And this is just another blatant metaphor for overconsumption which is a telltale sign that capitalism is great for many things, but it has its downsides. Uh That's for sure. And, you know, we are like in a living time of that. There's like 
place like uh on minimum wage jobs are at like an all-time struggle to employ people and yet we have billionaires i'm saying it twice billionaires taking joy rides in space there is the yubaba's wealthies of the world and there are the lins who sit there and daydream about i'm gonna leave this place one day and just i'll get away on that train but all she ever does is just work 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 Mm-hmm. There's people that, oh man, the Frida Lay shit. I don't know if you've read about that. People dying on a factory line and they can't even stop production for two seconds. The workers literally have to drag a body off and they just sub someone in. It's terrible. It's kind of depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. I was excited to talk about this. I am bummed out at the moment. Okay. <laughs> Think about it. We're in the midst of this. We are like surrounded by just the terrible spirits that are only thinking about gluttony, greed, consumption, materialistic goods. And we need to remain like Chihiro. We need to remember our name. We need to remember what brings us joy and happiness and those spiritual moments in life. And I think that this is a great example, Evan, you and I podcasting about cartoons. This is something that you know, we make very little money while doing this on our few ads that we've had. One might say we lose money. Yeah, we lose. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. So we, we do this for joy. We do this because we love it. You need to remember what gives you that childlike wonder view of the world and to keep that pure and innocence. And maybe that's, you know, the metaphor is not lost on me that you and I picked cartoons to cover the most childish form of entertainment, if you will. And it, it, it sparks something in us. It sparks joy. It sparks memories of good times in our childhoods. And I think it can do that for a lot of people. And I think that's a metaphor in this movie is you need to remember your name. You need to remember where you came from, those emotions, those feelings, those thoughts, those dreams that you had. It's, it's all about preserving the the wonder of the world and that's a form Mm -hmm. of spirituality in my mind and i think that's like a a big ah, just another one Uh, this just came to me off the top of my head the two sisters are almost identical they look and sound exactly the same but one only worries about money and jewelry and shiny things and workers while the other one lives off in the forest and lives like a quiet life. And one is like much more happy and helpful and joyful. And the other one is like bitter and upset and yelling at people and can't even tell when her baby is missing. And that's supposed to be the thing she loves most in this world, but it's not. She loves money Mm -hmm. more. And that's, oh, this is a good movie. The more we keep dissecting it, the more I keep coming back to it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like an idiot for not really having the realization about the capitalist commentary like in the moment, but it is just hitting me in waves right now. But absolutely, it's all about protecting the inner child. And I think a a recurring theme in Miyazaki's films or Ghibli's films is just the nobility or not even nobility, just in being good which is not mm-hmm. always the co- the coolest thing or the easiest thing to do or the most convenient but 100% all of his movies come down to just doing the right thing. Yes. The importance of doing the right thing. 
when we have so many forms of media are all about the dark and the gritty. And I don't, I like that there's space and I like that Ghibli and Miyazaki are as renowned as they are for just being about innocence and being about good. I think it's important because movies, TV shows, if you think about it, it's the same form of media as like literature and it's to pass on and instill things to future generations. And I like that they are taking the time to remind everyone the importance of kindness, if you will, as lame as that sounds, like taking the time to think about others in not always saying what's in it for me. I think you're right. It's just not as common in a lot of media that we get today for whatever reason, but that sense of innocence at its very core here. Like this isn't a love story. This isn't a, um, some big action film. Like you said, there's not a lot of points in the movie that just bang. And then this happens and then bang, then that happened. It's, it's a book with stories and perspective and emotion and, some fear and some confusion. And I think it shows how to navigate those times of when you feel swept away in all of it. It really brings it back to, you need to remember who you are at the end of the day. Remember your name. I think I've said that so many times, but I think that's such an important uh, concept in this whole film. And that's making me realize like a lot of, uh, just po- one popular media, film and television in general. There's not always, yes, there's usually a story of good versus bad or good versus evil, but there's not always a, a strong moral takeaway, which I feel like I walk away from any Ghibli film with. You know, it's not like I watch as much as I love it, Zack Snyder's Justice League and be like, oh man. Dark side is an allegory for Amazon. Like, you know, it's just not as late as like, Ghibli is. You know, what I mean? you know what though? Jeff Bezos is a metaphor for Lex Luthor. <laughs> yes, but I. The more I think about it, cartoons are sneaky in that way. Like I'm thinking about Over the Garden Wall. I'm thinking about Adventure Time. I'm thinking about Steven Universe. Oh, uh, great! And, like ones. what? Yeah. It, instills like these moral lessons that it instills us what spirited away teaches us about being innocent what luca teaches us about uh just how to be in the world i think you've hit a nail on the head here these content creators for cartoons have realized that their audience is going to be generally on the younger side and they've decided to pass on good lessons good things to teach the next generation because the youth is our future as i like you said we have a lot of corny lines in this podcast so far but these metaphors are so strong and they feel so natural and not forced i think that's something that's real important is while we're saying this is hitting us over the head i didn't pick up any of this as a child as a child i was like that was a cool movie i like the radish spirit it was funny <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely like, like as funny as something like I don't know, like a Rick and Morty or I don't know, Family Guy. Or That's something. an outlier. Yeah, uh, yeah, Family Guy. But yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't walk away from. 
I mean, Rick and Morty, I might walk away with like nihilism about the world. Nihil- but, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, there is a there's a quantifiable good that you walk away with from this movie. So much happens in this movie, and like I said earlier, like it is plot heavy, but nothing jumps out at you. I'm fuzzy on all the plot details. Like stuff gets resolved at the end. She finds her parents. There's like another test. Uh, yeah, just, that uh, test is kind of important, though. She lines up like twenty pigs and is like, "Which ones of these are are your parents?" and it's back to, you know, remember your name and like, remember your family. Your family is important. That's and like, it was an impossible task for her to remember which two were her parents of the pigs. There were millions of them. They all looked the same and she did it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a testament to the importance of, you know, remembering what's important to you. Your family should be something that's important mm-hmm. to you. You need to remember that. You can't get swept away in this spirit world bathhouse job that's working you 12 hours a day. Probably more. There's labor laws, you baba. <laughs> I feel like we should do more Ghibli. This is our first Ghibli, which I'm surprised it took us so long to get around to. Yeah. Um, I watched this randomly a couple weeks ago and I said, we need to do it instantly. I walked away. I think this is a great way to put it. I walked away from the film also feeling like I had just washed at a bathhouse in warm waters, (laughs) but spiritually Uh I felt very refreshed, you know, any sort of pollution or toxins from my mind, body and soul had been cleared and rinsed. And I, it was like, hey, go watch this movie, everyone else. You will feel better afterwards. And I love that. I love a film that can do that for you. And really, I mean, consider it a mission statement of this podcast is protecting your inner child. Because essentially that is... Love it. That's what we're about. That's why we watch cartoons. And that's why we're talking about cartoons. And that's why we try to recommend cartoons to people who might not normally watch them. It is refreshing and it lifts this burden of having to present uh, or even be more serious than you really are. And and allowing yourself to be you, this is so fucking corny, I might cut all this, but like allowing yourself to be you without pretense uh, when no one else is watching. No, I agree. (laughs) I totally agree. It's corny, but it's true. And I think that's what is like, it's, hard to sometimes just say corny things even though they can be like very core truths that are important in in life it is important to be kind to others but you don't hear people say that every day Mm -hmm. and so it's like a nice reminder sometimes (laughs) because as lame as it sounds if you don't hear it often enough you forget if you work in customer service i guarantee you'll forget you forget (laughs) that like You'll forget that kindness is important. And this is a reminder to you. Like, and as corny as it is, sometimes it's important to say that. And I like that they have taken the burden on themselves to show a creative way, a creative theme, a creative message to instill proper values. And now I sound like a church (laughs) as, and that gets back to spirituality as lame as that is. But it is important at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to uh, 
I, I don't think calling it corny takes away from it. I just think it, it, it enforces what we're saying is it sounds corny. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, everyone knows mm-hmm. that, but it's like, it's nice to have a reminder yeah. every now and again. And, and I mean, maybe that's the lesson I need to learn myself is like, it's okay to say these things without prefacing. This might sound corny, but you know, just be kind, uh, you know, be good to the environment. <laughs> like it's, Good to the environment's a big one. You know what? There's big themes in this one because we encountered two river spirits. Mm-hmm. One that was dirtied by pollution. And spoiler alert, if you have not watched the movie, but you're still listening to this podcast, Haku is a river spirit mm-hmm. that uh, was built in. Like, it was so weird. They're having, this is a weird moment in the movie. They're <laughs> having like such a touching moment falling through the sky and she's crying. And he's like, I was the, I don't remember it exactly, but he's like, I'm the Haku river spirit, blah, blah, blah. She goes, Oh, they built in over that river with a bunch of apartments there. It's like such a serious touching moment, but that's when she's like, I need to inform you. Your river's gone. And he's like, that's why I can't remember who I am. <laughs> oh man. I mean, this, this, strikes at the core of what storytelling is like the oral tradition is just the oldest form of passing down information and you couldn't ask for a more beautifully um, narrated, beautifully illustrated, beautifully animated package for this little box of like, Hey, here's some moral things you should consider. Uh, it's, it's a brisk watch definitely. And I almost, I I need to watch it again, like through this refreshed lens and being a little more attentive. Isn't that great? I love when after you and I podcast about something, I feel like I need to go watch it again. That's a sign that we did a good job here and that it's a damn good thing we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, random thought I just had, it's kind of gross, but another metaphor to, the gluttony overconsumption theme is one of the things she gets is like this little ball of, I don't even know. The only thing I could ever compare it to is Ipecac and she feeds it to people and it'll make them throw up. And anytime they are over gluttonizing or Haku has eaten something he shouldn't, they throw it up. And it's just like another metaphor of like the dangers of overconsumption, both like actual food And also just like materialistic goods. I realized a few years ago, like I don't like enjoy going out and shopping and like buying new things as opposed to like many other people who get like a lot of joy from that. And I'm not knocking it by any means, but I think when you place too much of an emphasis on shopping for like shopping's sake, that's where we get this world of overconsumption for the sake of overconsumption. Mm -hmm. I'm not immune to a little bit of retail therapy here and there, but something that this movie kind of instills is there are truer sources of joy. Everything in this movie, like I said, was very purposeful. I also found out in my studies as we're wrapping up here, the little lamp that jumps when they get to Yubaba's sister's house, that is actually based on the Pixar lamp that jumps and crushes the eye. Uh, Yeah. And so I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. Like I love, I love nods at other iconic moments in television, movie history, what have you. So I thought that was pretty cool, but I think the biggest thing to take away from this movie is while it's not your typical good versus evil story uh, or what have you, 
it's a story. It's like a cautionary tale of like progress, money, mm-hmm. working, consumption, greed versus self worth, family, friendship, love, and just like true inner purpose. And like I said, self self worth. That's a great way to wrap it up. And so I really loved watching this as an adult because 99% of this movie was lost on me as a kid. I just thought it was probably very cool visually. I love the dragon and I love the papers cutting them up. And I love the little uh, soot coals and the guy with the eight arms and all the spirits running around and the big gross ones and no face getting fatter and fatter. Like the animation is beautiful in and of itself and you can get lost just in that. Yeah. But on, I'm a story guy, and this had such a great story. And like you said, it plays out like a book. So those would have to be my closing thoughts on it. I would give this a 10 out of 10 and highly recommend watching it. If you haven't watched it in a few years or haven't seen it at all, you should definitely give this uh, movie a watch. I watched it on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Which HBO Max has... I don't know if it's the entire film catalog of Studio Ghibli, but it has a ton of Studio Ghibli on there, uh, which I feel like is an undersold highlight of the platform. Yeah. Uh, A couple of years ago, I watched Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. I don't remember the exact title. It's kind of long, but it's another Ghibli film in theaters because every year Ghibli and Fathom Events put on Studio Ghibli Fest. And so they will play Ghibli movies in theaters a couple times a month. Uh, In October this year, it's actually going to be Spirited Away, which will be the 20th anniversary. I cannot express how amazing the theater-going experience was watching a Studio Ghibli film on that size of a screen because I'd only ever seen any of his movies you know, on a home TV, I would highly recommend they play it at theaters and theater chains nationwide. So just look up Studio Ghibli Fest. Um, there's probably a location playing at a theater around you uh, this year. It starts up in October. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to do that. Just the scale of it was so, so, so cool. I think we need to cover most of the Ghibli films. Uh, we should do Maybe not back to back, but we should chisel our way through. We'll get them in there. I definitely Mm -hmm. think we will because this was a lot of fun to watch. This was a lot of fun to talk about. We would love to hear what you think. Feel free to share with us any sort of thoughts you have. Uh, Reach out to us however you can. And uh, feel free to leave us a like, review, subscribe, whatever you're supposed to do there. We would appreciate it. (laughs) If you've been listening to us blabber on about all these cartoons we definitely appreciate it. As I mentioned before, this is a passion project for us. We get a lot of joy out of this. So hopefully it brings you some joy as well. I think that's a nice place to end it, Alex. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for this episode. My name's Evan. And I am Alex. Thank you for joining us and hope to hear from you and see you guys next time. So do you watch cartoons?